4: How many more lives, American lives, is it worth? How many endless rows of headstones at Arlington National Cemetery? The president said that the buck stopped with him, but in fact, the
5: speech was full of finger pointing and blame, especially for the Afghans.
2: I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys. I was appalled.
3: The UN Security Council issued a joint press
2: statement earlier today calling for a new government that is united, inclusive, and representative, including with the full and full and meaningful participation of women
3: There was a couple ways I thought that Biden could have played the speech today and and I understand it's politics and you want to deflect and not in change the subject and go away from what you're talking about. For him to invoke rows of headstones in Arlington National Cemeteries, first of all, is a it was a real sweet addition. But um This administration has it all. They are cynical, they're dark, they're incompetent, they're rudderless, they're clueless, um, they're, I don't even know what the frig this thing is. There's some, there's this thing out there who works for the administration. It's called Ned Price, <laughs> which I don't even get. But we'll start with Biden. So let's re- rewind a little bit. The Trump, um, everybody's wanted to be out of there. Obama wanted to be out of there. Trump wanted to be out of there. It had an idiotic plan to bring the Taliban to the to the White House um, a couple years ago. The Taliban, these are monsters. These are not humans. These are monsters. And they're not people you can talk to. They're, they're, they're butchers, these people. So that's fine. So we want to get out of there because we've been there. It's endless wars, endless wars. How many more? Endless wars. Endless wars, endless wars. How many more? Endless wars. In most of the it's from the right. From the right. And I've, you know, you've even t- t- tussled with Jerry about this. And Stand
1: with me. Sure.
3: And Afghanistan happened uh, because... And I don't know if people remember this, but there was a there was a, a pretty spectacular attack in 2001 that emanated from Al Qaeda, which emanated from Afghanistan because they were training there, really free of any uh, incursion from anybody, because Afghanistan's a hellhole. And so Al Qaeda was training there with Osama bin Laden. So they go from there, they go, and then they go to the U.S. and they attack us on 9/11, whatever. And knocked down the World Trade Center, and, uh, and the, they screw the Pentagon, and um, and um, another flight is supposed to hit the Capitol, the White House, whatever. It's a horrific day. It cha- everything changes from that day on. It's horrific. We're attacked. Somehow, it's a lack of intelligence. We still
1: all have to take off our shoes when we get on planes right. because of it and everything else.
3: Sure. I mean, yeah, the, the fallout, the stupid, sucky, mask, pre-mask masks fallout of it, by doing that, not being able to walk onto the State House, whatever. They, we are great. We we're great at this country of, of uh, performative performative art. So in all this, in this, so the, it's a horrific, bloody day, etc. It changes the world, changes the United States, changes everybody's lives. Who remembers here? Uh, we decided For my feeling at that point was, this was such an egregious attack. We knew that it came from somebody named Osama bin Laden, who was part of uh, this group called Al Qaeda, Sunni Muslims, and and radicals and that they were in uh, Afghanistan and my feeling then was that we should use nuclear uh, missiles and blow the holy shit out of Afghanistan and that's how I felt at the time.
1: And a lot of people did. The war was enormously popular at the time. The war in Afghanistan much more so than the war in Iraq.
3: Well, there was no concept at that moment of on 9-11 or 9-12 okay, alright, how shall we conduct the war in Afghanistan? It was these mother effers just attacked us holy god they knocked down world trade center these monsters need to be destroyed so that's it it was no like do you feel that's popular do you feel that's popular it was a human response so we scramble takes a little bit we scramble and then move heaven on earth into afghanistan pound the hell out of these dirtbag uh, cockroaches and Pound them, pound them, pound them from the sky, from the ground. We would just pound them and move these guys out, these butchers out, uh, who's ever left of them. They scatter around and we we pound them and pound them and pound them. So they were they had run the government. So since they ran the government, after we pounded them and you know we we removed them from the area,
1: mm-hmm.
3: we had to replace them with something because there was nobody, nothing running the government. So we had to install a government and do our best to build a bit of an infrastructure to do it because you can't just have this. The idea was this can never happen again here Mm -hmm. in Afghanistan. It can never happen again. So we take over, we install our government, we build our infrastructure, we build our bases. We make sure that one from that base, that one, they can never do this again. And two, that we can find bin Laden, go kill him. Mm -hmm. And, So we build our stuff. We spend all this, the Halliburton, whatever, all sorts of, whatever happens in war. So we build the infrastructure. We build everything. We've got this place. We've, we're, we're, this is still the embers of the attack are hot and smoky. And there was no time at this point when we're doing this, where we're thinking, you know, let us nation build. And someday we'll have a, they'll have a bicameral uh, government. And it just will be one Sure, there were planners in there and all sorts of people. Everybody was involved. But immediately, that was the threat. we go in there.
0: Mm-hmm. So we went in
3: there. We had a tough war with them. We lost under 3,000 men, I think, in all in all. And it, one year goes into the next year. and But we had a foothold there. We had a huge Air Force base, a bunch of resources there, so we could strike them when we needed to, including striking them in Pakistan when we needed to kill bin Laden. And so, it, through time, if we try to treat, uh, you know, train up their their military, and for one reason or another, it, it's not taking. But like like Michael Jan said, yeah, and like other people said, the the project of Afghanistan would be a hundred year project. It takes right. too long. There's too much to work on, etc. And that's fine. So, so mm, my feeling has been consistently that. We need to not have 9-11 happen again. That's the thing we do. So we don't let this happen again. So these dirtbags can never be in charge again, can never be allowed to operate anything again like they did before, which caused nine eleven, which is the whole reason for the whole reason for the whole reason for the whole reason for the whole reason, the whole reason. Mm-hmm. and now that this has turned into just a, a, a just a line item on a number of issues on the plate of, of, of the country and Joe Biden, <clears throat> Trump doesn't know anything. He gets in there and says, "Okay, we're going to pull out from this. No more foreign wars. It's part of his the, the populist part of what brought him to. Rivalry. No more foreign <laughs> wars. The anti-Bush thing. It gave him some credibility to be a guy who dared speak against Bush and the neocons and all that stuff in 9/11. And in some a lot of people like that. And plus, it goes in Trump's DNA of you know he's not a destructor of things. He's, he's a builder. But this we had in the last years." We had a system going. It was an expensive system with a bleep load of waste, but we had a system going where we could neutralize, stave off, and diminish the Taliban when and where we needed to. And the we would give the the, the Afghan army air cover and all sorts of all sorts of um, support. And uh, we found out again and again when they didn't have it, they folded mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. So. We've also now had 20 years now to give some people in there who have half a chance a taste of a good amount of freedom. They have learned that to, to have some freedom. The Taliban are are a fascist murderers. They're cast off. Now these people have a, a chance for a little bit of freedom. call me a romantic, but I believe that when we make a commitment to people and we you know we from our incursion improve things for them, and uh, give them a new, uh, a new heightened and bountiful and fruitful reality because we're there, that we shouldn't, since we've constructed this entire experience for them, that we shouldn't leave and have them now be handed over. To me, they're our charge, in a sense, at this point. And uh, it, a lot of these people in Afghanistan, especially the ones who have a fighting chance, not talking about the rock farmers in East, whatever. Um, so, so, um, so my feeling was okay. We can leave a, a group in there. And really, last year around last year around this time, I was just uh, reading and listening to some some special forces guys saying the importance of being there is just this, 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 this. this. I said, okay, it doesn't hurt too much. You know, it's a waste of money, but it's everything's a waste of money now. Now it doesn't matter. So, and and so that was my feeling. So now when Biden says in the end, our top brass say, okay, now we're going to pull out here and uh, we think that there's a chance that they'll do pretty well, actually. We have faith that it's going to be fine and we're going to have leave our embassy there and we're going to make sure there's going to be measures there to make sure that, that well, we don't think that they're going to be overrun, but we'll see how things go, et cetera. And then 11 seconds later, the Taliban now run the entire country and own half of the airport. And, uh, and suddenly we're scrambling. We don't know what the hell we're doing. We're trying to get people. We didn't want to repeat the Saigon moment, and but we've we've dwarfed the Saigon moment now. We've got Afghanis hanging onto the planes as they go up in the air and then falling off onto the ground. It's a total cluster bleep. It's a total freaking disaster. Totally. Every part of this thing is a total disaster what has happened here. And for Biden to get up there today and say how many more times will the american blood run what do you what did he what is he talking about well, That's not the point. He's, he's talking about this is we have a disaster right now.
1: He's trying to switch back to the conversation that he's on the popular side of which is there are a lot i mean i recognize Mm -hmm. that you think that we should maintain a small peacekeeping we should have maintained a small peacekeeping presence in afghanistan Mm -hmm. indefinitely until they figured it out even if that took 500 years but um most of the american people feel like i do that if they haven't got it by now then maybe they're not going to get it and like there comes a point where we have our own stuff to deal with and we need those resources at home.
3: Yes, but that's right. A, but that's so, a general consideration that most people right? have generally. Yeah, you're yeah.
1: right. How okay. do most people feel but now yeah. about this? Well, yeah, so that's but that's why Biden is now trying to switch the conversation back to should we stay or should we go, which is a conversation that, you know, that he has he feels he has a popular answer to, which is that we should go. And, you know, he agreed with Trump on that in that sense and with a lot of people. But what most people are taking issue with right now, when he said there was no outcry and crisis and freak out when he said he was going to honor Trump's agreement and pull out of the country, there was no fuss about that conversation. The fuss is happening now because he handled that withdrawal so badly that we're now seeing these horrific scenes unfold on TV with civilians dying live on our television sets, and and he completely ignored that and turned it back to a conversation that he feels he wants to have, even though that's not what's at issue right now at all. We already made the decision to pull out. The problem is that this was a colossal screw-up, clearly.
3: Oh, yes. Well, and it's not done being screwed up. And also, you assumed that back going back 20 years ago, the whole point is this. You can't have the Taliban run the country, and we can't return to the times since we liberated them. We, as they would say, lifted people up. We can't return back to the times where now we're just slaughtering women and uh, people in the streets, that have the Taliban, because they're monsters. So they're going to do it now. We assume they're going to do it now in a smarter way. So you assume that Biden's got all this time, and, and, and you know, Biden has – if we've been there for for 20 years now, Biden's been in a position of power for 11 of those 20 years. You figure between him and the brain, trust and claim, whatever, that we're going to leave in a way – I don't know how. They're all smart people there. We'll leave in a way, considering they have so much time that the Anthony Blinken – and uh, the idiot with the Darth Vader mask was the Secretary of Defense,
1: <laughs> Lloyd Austin,
3: right? And uh, Millie uh, uh, have time to talk to us about anti-racism. You figure now that they've got this got one, that one figured
1: it. out? But, I mean,
3: but they, but they, they absolutely have not only duplicated the reality of twenty years ago when it was awful; they've made it worse. We've actually yeah. armed them now, which we hadn't yeah. done then.
1: We left them billions of dollars in equipment. We left them, Bagram. Air Force Base. We left them all this stuff. Um, and Biden talks about us having the back of the Afghan army, and he spent a lot of time throwing blame around at Afghans for their army collapsing, which, they knew we, which we knew they were going to do because we've seen it happen over and over. But we also crippled them in a lot mm-hmm. of ways because we pulled out all our support that they needed to function before all this happened. We didn't get out the civilians first. We abandoned our Air Force Base and including we pulled out all the The non-military contractors that were you know the people doing maintenance and engineering on all the planes and everything and they had no way to get that fleet off the ground and provide any air support for any of this this whole thing was a disaster we absolutely you know i i think when people say we don't want to be in afghanistan what they mean is we don't want American soldiers dying in Afghanistan. Exactly. And and so, you know, the idea that nobody, when Trump blew up bad guys from afar during his presidency, nobody said, oh, now we're involved in this war. Like, it, that wasn't the same. I mean, we could have provided air support to people. We could have done all kinds of stuff. It wasn't like the level of involvement. As, as somebody who wants us to be out of Afghanistan, you know... A, I would have been okay with us letting contractors stay to help the Afghan National Army, you know, be able to have air support, right? So at least, at least until the time when we get all the Americans and other civilian personnel that helped us out of the country, you would think that that would be a priority, Right. But somehow this happened in a matter of days. I mean, Blinken literally went on TV and said, I don't think this is going to be something that's going to happen from a Friday to a Monday. And by Mm -hmm. Sunday, the Taliban had taken over the country and we hadn't gotten anybody out.
3: Right. Right. That's
1: um, that's incredible. And I mean, to their credit, some of the reporters pushed back on this. They didn't they weren't allowed to ask Biden any questions. He just walked out of the room.
3: He was supposed to take three questions. He didn't. Mm
1: -hmm. He didn't take questions. He left and he went back to Camp David. So.
3: Right. Um, there was a something... Uh, have you ever heard of Operation Iceberg? No. Operation Iceberg is when the United States Marines attacked Okinawa and the battle for Okinawa began in mm-hmm.
1: 1945. Okay.
3: Marines landed in 1945. The Marines have not left Okinawa since 1945.
1: Right. But nobody's like, we need to get out of Okinawa. Right.
3: And there's many more Marines in Okinawa than there are in Afghanistan. There's more more, more American military in Germany.
1: There was more we're, American military in our capital after one six than we had in Afghanistan
6: absolutely. at the time. We are
3: all over about. the earth, and we're on we're in, and we're in, on the DMZ in South Korea as well. So uh, this was a relatively tiny force that we had there, but that's okay. That's fine. We're taking them out. That's fine. Let's go to. Uh, it's unbelievable. This. It's funny. I don't think that we've seen anything this disastrous. That's driven by uh, policy and process rather than nature. Uh, it, ever? I, when was I mean, the last time? I mean, it, it, maybe maybe when the, the Iran war went sideways, uh, sorry, the Iraq war went sideways and you couldn't find any weapons you're like, wait a second, are there not weapons? Maybe.
1: Um, I've heard people compare it to Bay of Pigs, too. In someone's cast, but But like,
3: but that's 60 years ago now. Yeah, okay. This is
1: a pretty big uh, I would say that this is an historic uh moment in American foreign policy.
3: Well, yeah, but but the Bay of Pigs was over in hours, if not days, Mm -hmm. and this really is just beginning.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a disaster. The fact that they're they're,
3: uh, you know, taking over the 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 um the castle whatever that thing is where do they live the
1: presidential palace right
3: the palace and they're driving around on our stuff that's humiliating and awful but the bad stuff is not started yet right it's starting in the outskirts you hear a little bit about it so let's start with biden here i don't know how many of these biden cuts i'll be able to get through but we'll start
4: when i came into office I inherited a deal that President Trump negotiated with the Taliban.
3: Oh, there you go, <laughs> starting on. <laughs> he already and, and, inherited and this it. Is what, when all, and, and the people who had their reviews of the speech already wrote said that he owned it while he owned it. That's him not owning it right there. on. Under his agreement,
4: U.S. forces would be out of Afghanistan
3: by May 1, 2020. Not, we're not finishing this to cut. Okay, Yeah. Uh, yeah that's tossed away. I mean, that t- tells you right there, they said, okay, what are we going to do about this, what we're seeing here? And they said, you know what? We're going to declare this victory. This is We did everything right. It has nothing to mm-hmm. do with us.
4: I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. We were clear-eyed about the risks. We planned for every contingency, but... I always promise the American people that I will be straight with you. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated.
3: Okay, so we planned for not every contingency.
1: We planned for every contingency except this one that happened.
4: Afghanistan political leaders gave up
3: and fled the country. I think some of them are cowards. Some, Some of them don't want their heads cut off, I think. The fact that Hamid Karzai is still there and mm-hmm. hasn't left, he's going to broker negotiations, tells me one of two things. One, he's going to be dead very soon. Or mm-hmm. two, there's a very sly reason why he's not going to be dead, hmm. which tells you about the Karzai regime.
4: The Afghan military collapsed sometime without trying to fight.
3: Now, that's, we're going to get back to that later. That this guy is talking about people trying to were trying to fight or trying not trying to fight. Uh, the Afghan military has um, has uh, paid the price over the last two decades yeah, what, of being the forward, uh, you know, infantry.
1: Yeah, like sixty thousand casualties, mm-hmm. I think, of the Afghan National Army. We spent over a
4: trillion dollars. We trained and equipped an Afghan military force with some three hundred thousand
3: strong he said that they've got no will to fight okay whatever once again blaming the military yeah you know so remember he said we
1: just couldn't give them a will to fight they just didn't want to fight
3: so okay and once again this was the military that he knew was there that everybody knew was there for this mm-hmm. whole time this is the military that the his own advisor said by the way mr president maybe we should take it easy uh before we bolt just willy-nilly here
1: Well, and, I mean, I think that potentially their will to fight um, was damaged slightly by the sudden shock of us leaving the country so quickly.
3: Right. And the fact that they've got to stay there. Like, the people who
1: maintain our planes just left. Like, you know, where is your will to fight now? Well, right.
3: And plus the Taliban storming through and they're like, OK, I've got a family. i got people to do. I've got to hide my affiliation with the United States. I have a life to think about. You're all going back. That's fine.
4: Here's what I believe to my core. It is wrong to order American troops to step up when Afghanistan's own armed forces would not. The political leaders of Afghanistan were unable to come together for the good of their people. Unable to negotiate for the future of their country,
3: and because of that, the people have to die. Yeah. Even though we can help them and we can support them, because of that they have to die. Because we weren't able to turn Afghanistan into a country which is, with its bleep together, the people have to die. Even though we tried, even though we three millions trillions of dollars wrong. That's still not the point. The point is, if you're going to leave, okay, fine. How do you leave in a way that's not a complete cluster bleep? Yeah. Now you've got Americans stuck in half of the airbase, and Taliban in the other half of the airbase. It's the latest I've heard. I don't know what's happened yeah. since. Thousands of people who were just adversaries on the battlefield.
1: Right.
4: I also urge them to engage in diplomacy, to seek a political
3: settlement with the Taliban. This advice was flatly... What? Imagine that.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: This is not a speech you would be giving today. Today you talk about the catastrophe that is our withdrawal. Yeah. What is this speech about how much they suck? <laughs> I know. He's... Oh, they might suck. That's fine. But also, during your withdrawal, you've broken everything.
1: Right. And you just armed all their enemies. Like right. we we gave the Taliban so much more weaponry and tools to destroy them than they've ever had before. So... Yes, you know, maybe we should have come up with a plan so that we took our equipment with us when we left.
3: We were always gonna be in a position where we could bring five thousand back in case we needed to, really? Yeah. And also not only that, but now the the people around the world, radical jihadists, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, even the Chinese, et cetera, they're not seeing the Taliban beat the Afghanistan National Army. Mm-hmm. They're seeing the Taliban beating the United States. Right. Which is exactly what happened.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, China's call... been tweeting about how uh, it, it would be a really good time for them to invade Taiwan because we're obviously not going to do anything Did about it. Did they tweet that? Yeah.
3: Beautiful.
4: We will continue to support the Afghan
3: people. Oh, this is too good. This is too good. This is give you a hope, by the way, if you're in Afghanistan, a person in Afghanistan right now and there's a Taliban monster about to kick in your door.
4: We will lead with our diplomacy, our international influence, and our humanitarian...
3: Uh, otherwise known as you're dead. Aid.
4: Hey. Will continue to push for regional diplomacy and engagement to prevent violence and instability.
3: we Will continue to push for regional diplomacy. The words get murkier and murkier, and more bureaucratic mm-hmm. by the second.
4: We'll continue to speak out for the basic rights of the Afghan people.
3: We're speaking out <laughs> of women and girls. Oh my God! How dare he put an American progressive bumper sticker on the coffin <laughs> of the Afghan speak people? Speak out
1: about girls. Can you imagine
3: that? Oh my God! They're we're going to send fi- Cooper over.
1: They're raping fifteen-year-olds, but we're going to speak out about it. Never fear,
3: women and
4: girls, guys. Just as we speak out all over the world,
3: we're going to speak.
4: Oh. Human rights must be the center of our foreign policy.
3: F.U. F-U POS. I can't. Uh, this, uh, this is this is uh, an abomination. What happened there, and what this freaking impotent moron is saying i will not mislead the american people
4: by claiming that just a little more time in afghanistan will make all the difference nor will i shrink from my share of responsibility for where we are today
3: with the exception of this whole speech
4: and how we must move forward from here i am president of the united states of america and the buck stops with me.
3: Before making its way to the Afghan uh, soldiers and the cowards in Afghanistan and Donald Trump. But it stops briefly yeah. at me before making its way to the other people. Like me.
1: He spends the entire speech. That's like three-fourths of the way through. It's like an 18-minute speech or something. And he that's like almost at the end. So he blames everybody else except himself. Says that the people who think he could have done a better job here... Uh, want us to stay in Afghanistan forever and want more rows of graves in Arlington National Cemetery. And then he says the buck stops with him. I take responsibility for how well we handled this and how perfect a job we did. Yes, I do take responsibility.
4: We have made it clear to the Taliban if they attack our personnel.
3: As we carry out this departure. Who's carrying out the departure, by the way? Carry out the departure. Or disrupt our operations.
4: The U.S. presence will be swift and the response will be swift and forceful. We will defend our people with devastating force
3: if necessary. You already said that you're not committing to this place, that this place is fruitless, mm-hmm. and that you spend money, it's wasted time, it's over, you're going. You're not doing anything when they attack the airport, which I think they're will be already anytime. shooting
1: at the airport. They've been shooting at it all day, they've been under fire. I mean.
3: This is remarkable. This is remarkable for this guy to say this stuff is absolutely. And I was I was shocked. I thought there was a chance that like he could say something that's substantive here about screwing him. He went and, and He's so
1: decent and good. We, of essentially, he'll take had, we essentially
3: had a, a a humanitarian disaster happened yesterday and today in front of us. Mm-hmm. Where we, we fell apart. In every single manner, and he decided to use the speech to be a referendum on generally how the, you know the the constructed American constructed and uh, government and military has been doing over the past twenty years to put us in this position. Mm-hmm. It's it, remarkable. This we got a problem in this kid this this effing kid from the the from. Uh, Foggy Bottom, that ain't good. You can't have this kid, Ned Price. If you guys haven't seen this kid, Ned Price, not only the way he, first of all, he doesn't fit in his clothes, which is fine, but he's a a State Department spokesman, but he's nervous as hell.
1: Well, I would be if I had to go out there and defend this. Listen
3: to the way this kid, listen to what he says. Additionally, the UN Security Council issued a joint. Calm down, Ned. Not that. Okay? Let's we'll start again. Additionally, the UN Security Council issued a joint press statement earlier today calling for a new government that is united, inclusive, and representative, including with the full and full and meaningful participation of women. The council spoke with one voice to underscore that Afghanistan must abide... Wonder what our North Star was. <laughs> what was our North Star? Hopefully we're lifting people up. ...by its international obligations
2: including to international humanitarian law and ensure the safety and security of all Afghans and international citizens. So
3: I wonder what people like him and people who want to uplift all women and mm-hmm. to make sure women and girls are taken care of, et cetera, who talk these are the same people who of course consider uh, in speech they don't like violence and, uh, and you know prance around on TikTok telling us how they've been hurt. How are they gonna to react to seeing what the Taliban feels about their pleas? When they see when we find out what they're doing to women and girls and we men already know. And boys,
4: yeah.
3: yeah, but these this generation of moron has be, has had their minds swept away in the last seven years, so if they ever saw it or remembered it, it's gone. Because now they're all, you know, theologians in this crazy crusade of, of wokeness, whatever it is.
1: You really think they just don't know? I mean, I suppose it's possible that they're. You can't like- talk about the
3: Taliban and say women and girls like that with a straight face. You can't talk about that like that.
1: I mean, Biden so said like it when too. It's like after
3: World War II, when the when the Russians were storming into to Berlin. You can't talk about you know um, uh, uh, you know her truth and and uh, what their
1: pronouns are.
3: No, what's that thing that you say that Melissa Milano made us say? All that, no, the women thing, the not rape thing. um Time's up or
1: uh, believe all women. Time's up. You oh, can't, what?
3: like, you me can Me too? Yes, me too. Time's okay. up, believe all women, me too. You, if you're, while well, the Russian troops are running into buildings, savaging and raping everything they see, those words may seem culturally important and to hold cultural heft at the moment to you and your mind if you're a crazy progressive but these monsters are impervious to that stuff. They cannot. You know, you can do all the Harry Potter wizardry uh, spells that you can think of. It's not going to work on these the people. You don't think
1: speaking out is going to help? If it's we incredible. speak out in one voice about women and good the treatment of women and girls. You and then
3: came after the speech of course came the gaslighting. Here's Nicole
1: Wallace. Um 95% of the American people will agree with everything he just said. Ninety five percent of the press covering this White House will disagree. And for an American.
3: Okay, she's obviously got a tiny brain and always has. And that's fine. Uh, but ninety five percent of the American people will agree with everything he just said.
1: Well, the American people will agree with some of the things he said because they were addressing a totally different topic from what is at issue right now today.
3: Right. She said ninety five percent of the press will have a problem with it. What? what the anti Biden press is always having a problem with what he says. No, they'll have a problem with it because he's, like you said, he's stepping aside the issue.
1: Mm-hmm. American president to finally be completely aligned with such an overwhelming majority of what the American people think about Afghanistan.
3: What is the new reality about what the American people think about Afghanistan, Alice?
1: The new reality is the the American people want to see uh, innocent people gotten out of there before they're slaughtered by the right. Taliban. Right. The, the which American, is not happening currently. Exactly. The American people don't want to see people falling from planes as they desperately try and cling on to leave the country in Afghanistan. Right. That's well, what they the think about Afghanistan. yells
3: at the uh, former leadership. Yes, these are little people now being hurt there. The American people didn't give a damn much about Afghanistan. Generally, they said we shouldn't be in forever wars. They also don't like to see us cut and run and then people get slaughtered because of it which is what we're seeing right there. Uh, here's part of the big right-wing media who's always uh, slamming uh, Biden. Here's Jake Tapper, who's been on the ground there and has talked to a lot of folks. ...behind
5: the decision he made to withdraw all U.S. forces from Afghanistan, even though he has, in fact, been forced to send roughly 6,000 back in. The president saying, in fact, that, if anything, the events of the last few days, this foreign policy and humanitarian disaster, proves to him that he made the right decision given the fleeing of Afghan politicians from the country and the collapse of the Afghan military. The president said that the buck stopped with him. But in fact, the speech was full of finger pointing and blame, especially for the Afghans, even saying that while the U.S. would be working to rescue those Americans and U.S. allies who needed to be saved, he claimed part of the reason why the U.S. did not save sooner Afghan allies, the translators and others who worked with the U.S. military, who fear being slaughtered by the Taliban, They didn't act sooner, the president said, because some Afghans, he claimed, did not want to leave earlier because they were hopeful about a new Afghan government. Mr. Biden also said that the Afghan government discouraged the U.S. from ordering a mass exodus uh, for fear of triggering a crisis of confidence, the president said. Mr. Biden also focused on the larger decision to end the U.S. presence in Afghanistan. That was, in fact, his larger focus, whether or not the U.S. should continue to be there. He did not really Get into or accept any blame for the catastrophic exit that we have been watching on television in the last several days.
3: So Tapper has had e- enough of this now. MS-
5: well, how just-
1: can you not? If you have an honest bone left in your body as a journalist, how can you see what's been happening on TV and then listen to that speech and have any other reaction than what is wrong with you?
3: Right. No, it's, it's. uh, I I mean,
1: I don't think that anybody who's remotely, I mean, there's people defending it and mostly, weirdly, they seem to be like, you know what I think it is? A lot of these are like the former Republicans who switched to support Biden. Mm -hmm. So I think they feel more of like an emotional need to keep defending him, even though they've literally been proved. Because they're
3: defending themselves. Right.
1: Because they were, they've been proved wrong. That he's going to handle stuff better than Trump. They all told us it was very important for them to, for us to vote for Biden over Trump, even though they're Republicans, right? And he's botched this, so they still need to defend him, because otherwise they look bad, because these are the loudest voices I hear defending him. Nicole Wallace, mm-hmm. obviously, former Bush person. Jennifer Rubin.
7: Said, said it
1: was, like, the most incredible speech, and it really resonated Insane person Tom Nichols has been tweeting about Christy Noam. Tom Nichols mm-hmm. is another big Never Trumper He's like while Kabul falls she's at the Sturgis rally on a horse He wrote a whole piece in I think I forget where maybe the Atlantic About like how unserious it is That Christy Noem Last time I checked Christy Noam is not the president Of the United States and is not in charge Of Kabul Afghanistan Right Right but and, it's these are the psychotic people who are most heavily defending Biden's actions here and, and defending the absolutely in, indefensible. I, I don't know anyone, whether they well, wanted the, to be in Afghanistan or not, who thinks that this has been handled well.
3: And they plant in and around the speech that blames everybody else. And then has a straw, it's about a straw man, straw war, saying who's mm-hmm. going to be the last one to die? How many more body bags? And this was not uh, the Vietnam War here. This was not sixty thousand casualties. This was not the Battle of the Bulge. This was not that was happening in Afghanistan. Right. This was not that war. But let's finally get out. or Let's finally get out. Are you going to die next? You know, nobody had died in a year there. It, it, somebody will die now. But but it's like, this is.
1: I actually was just, just saw a thing that there was an American injured during the uh during the definitely not them not interfering with our uh, operation <laughs> to remove people from the airport.
3: Anecdote. Yep. So then MSNBC, of course, goes around and they talk to a bunch of people and they all say Biden's great because, you know, he he took the blame. It's got to be so great to be a Democratic speechwriter just to say, I, I I take full responsibility and while not taking any responsibility, but then at least you have the quote so you can use it. He took full responsibility. Yeah, he said
1: the buck stops with him. Right. After he literally blamed everybody except himself.
3: So um, Brian Williams had a guy named Matt Zeller who is mm-hmm. a Democrat, I think. He was friends with all these, all the right people, Seth, M- Seth Moulton, et cetera. He runs now a charity and some other things, troop mm-hmm. stuff. In uh, Brian Williams, uh, apparently the producers uh, thought they had read this guy well, but uh, not so much.
4: Former first lieutenant during the war in Afghanistan, former combat advisor with Afghan security forces, co-founder of No One Left Behind, a veterans organization that offers services to former Afghan and Iraqi interpreters who resettle here in the United States. Mr. Zeller, it's uh, almost ironic now to state the name of the organization you founded. Um, given what we're watching go on, though, I'm curious to hear your reaction of this consequential speech by the American president. Didn't run from it; he owned it. He owned his decision. He owned the fact that, as he put it,
2: the buck stops with him. I hope he gets to own their deaths too. I, I don't. I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys. I was appalled. There was such a profound, bold-faced lie in that speech. The idea that we plan for every contingency i have been personally trying to tell this administration since it took office i've been trying to tell our government for years that this was coming we sent them plan after plan on how to evacuate these people nobody listened to us they didn't plan for the evacuation of our afghan wartime allies they're trying to conduct it now at the 11th hour the thing that they were most concerned about was the optics of a chaotic evacuation well, they got exactly what they were most concerned of by failing to do what was right when we could have done it. We had all the people and equipment in place to be able to save these people months ago, and we did nothing. I'm appalled that he thinks we only need to take 2,000 people. There's 86,000 people who are currently left behind in Afghanistan alone. We've identified all of them for the government. I have no idea why they. they, they he claims that people don't want to leave Afghanistan. I have a list of 14,000 names right now of people who want to get out of Afghanistan. And the idea that the Afghan military should be blamed for this, do you know how many casualties the Afghan military took in an average year? More than the United States did in 20. When you're not getting paid on a regular basis, when you're not getting fuel, when no one is supplying you with ammunition, and yet you're still showing up to the fight, how dare us for having to blame these people for not having the audacity to be able to survive a Taliban onslaught? No, no, no. What we need to be doing right now, and what I am appalled that the president didn't say, was we need to be talking.
3: Anyway, sorry, it ends there. But but he said enough with the condemnation. Yeah,
1: it's, I mean, this is the point. This is the point is that it's not whether we're in Afghanistan or not, right? Like, and that's where Biden is trying to reframe it to. And I see a bunch of like neocon people on Twitter. Saying the same thing right like Well we should have just stayed in Afghanistan Like okay we can have that conversation But that's not what's happening right now Like stay in Afghanistan Like this is already happening we're already Past that point You know and and what we should Be talking about is how we get the people out Because we never should have left without a plan To get those people out period the end i mean you and i knew this because i forget when it was maybe a month ago or something we had a conversation about whether or not we should leave afghanistan and i said we should leave because this country we can't like hold up the country that can't do it on forever right and you said no we should stay and you know that we had a disagreement about it and we went about our business but the thing we both agreed on at the time is that you have to make a plan to get out the people that helped us so that they don't immediately get killed by the Taliban.
3: Absolutely. We said
1: that then, a month ago, or whatever Mm -hmm. that was. Like, you and I both knew that there were these people here that we were going to have to get out. But I honestly think that they... Well, I think one of two things. Either they're just really dumb and they just completely didn't realize this was going to happen this fast and they thought they had plenty of time to process SIV applications or whatever and they just didn't. Either that... Or I do. There's a part of me that thinks that some of these people that wanted to stay in Afghanistan, they're doing like the thing that our kids do when you give them a chore that they don't want to do, which is that they just do such an atrociously, insanely bad job that you'll never ask them to do it again. Mm -hmm. And I think there is like a little bit of that. Like, oh, well,
3: totally. well, this is see, what the, you this, wanted. You wanted yeah. to be
1: out of Afghanistan. See, you wanted the people falling right. from planes. This provincial
3: yeah. capital fell. This one fell. Just saying, I don't know.
1: See? So I do think there's an aspect of, like, this is what you wanted. Like, see, right. we screwed it up. And, like, just n- not really caring because, you know, they wanted to stay there and keep doing their thing. And, like, so they're, they just... You know fine you want us to leave then then we'll walk away i mean you can hear i don't know we we might not have time to play them all but i had grabbed those cuts from the pentagon briefing today too was like ridiculous they got asked by a few reporters including from cnn if they possibly had like an intelligence failure or what happened here and they got very shirty about it
0: department of defense always for decades says we plan for everything Clearly, whatever you planned for did not get planned for at the airport. We've now seen a C-17 with more than 600 people sitting on the floor with a pilot making the decision that he would fly them out anyhow, even though that's an extraordinary number of people. We've seen the world has seen all the scenes at the airport. So my two questions are, what failed in your planning, because you didn't plan for this, You would not have planned to fly in such dangerous circumstances. And how do you determine where the responsibility lies for this failure?
6: Well, first of all, Barbara, I would take issue with... uh, uh your designation of this uh, operation at the airport as a failure, but let's get back to that in a second. (laughs) It's definitely not a failure. This is great. It's going Going perfectly. Yes, we do plan for all manner of contingencies. This is a planning organization. Um, And we do that specifically to try to mitigate risk uh, and to try to be ready for unforeseen circumstances, but it's not a perfect process. Plans are not always perfectly predictive and you, uh, and as is a well-known military maxim, that plans don't often survive first contact, uh, and you have to adjust in real time. And I think uh, when you look at the images uh, out of Kabul, uh, that would have been difficult for anybody to predict. Yes, we we did plan on uh, uh, non-combatant evacuation operations as far back as May. There were drills being done here at the Pentagon uh, to walk through what different non and evacuation operations might look like. That's even worse.
3: The fact that we saw all this as a possibility mm-hmm. and planned for it and drilled for it and still it happened.
1: Yeah, no. This is, we just, we absolutely planned. This is not a failure. This is going great. We planned very hard for this.
3: You know, we kept thousands of troops close just in case our own incompetence came to the surface. <laughs> like,
6: there was
1: another one recently
3: done just to. They're claiming that they moved the embassy to the airport. And they're processing mm-hmm. things there. Yeah, that's normal. Move the embassy to the airport. That's, yeah, that's not, that That means there's no embassy. That's what that means.
6: Mm-hmm. Weeks ago, uh, a tabletop exercise to again examine what tabletop non evacuation would look like out of. Uh-
3: more gaslighting. The more you tell people, no, this is absolutely, what do you mean? Yeah, then this is how, this we is do how this goes sur-
6: plans could- never
1: survive first contact. This is how <laughs> all plans go. <laughs>
3: Could always happen. What's, what are you thinking, Barbara? What this is all?
6: This always happens. Have you? Are you new here? This is, the Harmi- women and girls, Barbara. Women and girls. It's fine. Hamid Karzai International Airport. I mean, specifically at the airport. Uh, and we think that those exercises did prepare us in terms of having the resources forward, the Secretary forward deployed uh, troops, including Marines, off of their ship and into Kuwait so that they could be more readily available, as well as other forces in the region. Uh, so we, a, a lot of what you're seeing transpire. The reason we can be so quick uh, with upwards of 6,000 troops is because we anticipated the possible need to do this. Now, could we have predicted every
3: I love the patty on the back.
1: Yeah,
6: We the did reason a stellar this
3: is, job here. The planning. reason
1: this is going so well is because of our excellent planning, in fact.
3: We brought along the fire department just in case while trying to extract people from the building, or the building exploded. So see that? Yeah, the building exploded, but look, at, we brought along the fire
6: department. We knew it could happen. It's perfect. Every single scenario? We tabletopped it harbor and uh and, and and every single breach around the perimeter of the airport with only a couple of thousand uh troops on the ground absolutely you know there are there are changes that happen uh, so
3: there are changes that happen it's
6: slightly different from the plan that That's we right. envisioned. And we're and we not
3: going to throw thousands of troops back in there other than five thousand uh, more but other than that
6: plans are terrific and we take them seriously but they are not and and never have been perfectly predictive
0: practice this. Was one of the scenarios a complete Taliban takeover uh, of the capital.
6: There there was certainly, uh, as you do exercises, and I don't want to go into too much detail here on these, but... Don't uh, bore us with the details, but, uh, John. It would certainly be wrong to conclude that the United States military did not view as a distinct possibility...
3: It sounds like absolute from-the-heart candid talk right now. Mm-hmm. It does not sound like polished PR horse shit. Uh,
6: ...that the, the Taliban uh, could overrun the country, and, uh, and including Kabul. Now, as we've talked about here many times, uh, it happened very fast. Um, and one of the things that we couldn't anticipate and didn't anticipate was the degree to which uh, Afghan forces capitulated, sometimes without a fight.
0: But the president said that he did not see that happening, did you tell the president that you thought it was a possibility the country would
6: be overwhelmed. We won't speak to advice and counsel that uh, our leaders no. here in the Pentagon give it, to the president. What I can tell you is that in, in, the, in the planning that we've done and in the, in the exercises and drills we ran, we certainly ran them against the possibility Uh, That the Taliban would make significant gains throughout the country. Yes, absolutely.
3: You know what? All of this should be the the slow watermark you're seeing through everything he's saying Mm -hmm. is you should just be saying to yourself, you're fired. Somebody should be fired. You can plan and tabletop and talk and plan and tabletop and talk and plan and tabletop and all you want, women and girls, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But he should be fired. A Millie should, should be, fired. be fired. Millie should be fired. Austin. Darth Vader should be fired. All, all of those people should be fired. They
1: should all be gone. It's unbelievable that they're that they haven't already just through their own personal sense of conscience and shame handed in their resignations.
0: Right. General yeah. Taylor, was this a failure of intelligence or planning that led to the scenes we saw at the airport today?
6: When the the scenes at the airport of the. Everybody
1: House coming on. TV. To be- <laughs> Which scenes? Um, I'm not familiar. Oh.
3: No, uh, Molly Crew was spotted in Terminal 6. That, that scene. That's what we said. The <laughs> scenes at the airport. You mean by the um, what's it, the Hudson Bookshop? Was the scene there? They are out of um, um, white fragility? Was it that scene? I remember some cause This scene at the airport. Can you be more specific? I'm not familiar. Was there something wrong with Shut down. Yeah. Was it the was it the um, the people falling off the wheel well of the plane at five thousand feet onto the ground? Was it that? What uh, what we
6: know it happened at the uh, the airport was that there were a lot of Afghans that uh, were trying to uh, reported get out of the country.
3: Man, the intel they must have had to figure <laughs> that out. My goodness! Imagine really? the assets. It was Why
1: th- would people want to leave Afghanistan? The no NSA
3: get, tracking satellite phones? That told you that.
6: Uh, So I don't think that was a a lack of planning. Uh, As we look at the coordination uh, with those that were responsible uh, for securing that, uh, uh, we'll
5: look at our mission, though, as I talked earlier, is now that the airfield's open, uh, is to make sure that it remains open uh, so, like, uh, as I said, we can continue
3: uh, expediting flights in and outbound.
7: But the quick fall of Kabul, was that a failure of intelligence? Uh,
3: I, I can't answer that. Uh, and I love that. I love that. Okay, so our, their next goal is to make sure it remains open. Now, have you table topped it uh, t- to say, let's say, if they're firing at us and it can't remain open, that'll be tomorrow's thing. Once the Taliban starts shooting rockets, so into
1: unexpectedly,
3: it. huh? We well, had not table topped this. Yeah.
1: Now, this last one I sent you was is a.
3: Is, uh... is it? Wasn't that it?
1: Uh, no, there's another one, but it was in, I replied after with the email. Oh, okay. So you this feel. is actually, this is an Afghan reporter and her name is, let me pull up her name. It's um, Nazira Karimi. Um, and she's obviously not in Afghanistan, but she's here interviewing um, John, what's his face? Kirby. The, John Kirby at the Pentagon about what exactly is going on in Afghanistan because obviously she has a bit of a personal stake in what's happening there and um, he tries his best to demonstrate the Pentagon's uh, best sense of empathy for uh, the situation in Afghanistan but it's not super impressive
7: you so much, John. as you know I'm from Afghanistan and I'm very upset today because mm-hmm. Afghan women didn't expect that overnight all the Taliban came they took off my flag. This is my flag. And they put their flag. Everybody is uh, upset, especially women. And I forgot my question. What do you ask? Where is my president, former President Ghani? People expected that he bye-bye with the people. And immediately he ran away. We don't know where is he. And we don't have a president. President Biden said that President Ghani know he has to fight for us people. They have to do everything, and we were able to financially help them. But we don't have any president. We don't have anything. Afghan people, they don't know what to do. Women has a lot of achievement in Afghanistan. I had a lot of achievement. I, I left from the Taliban like 20 years ago. Now we go back to the first step. We had as our president. Again, he should answer to Afghan people. Well,
6: I obviously can't speak for... Uh, Ashraf Ghani, or where he is, or what his views are, I wouldn't do that. Uh, but let me say, with all respect, that uh, that I understand, and we all understand the the anxiety and the fear and the pain that you're feeling. It's it's clear and it's evident, and uh, nobody here at the Pentagon is uh, happy about the images that uh, we've seen uh, coming out uh, in the last few days, uh, and we're all mindful. Of, um, of the kind of governance, governance that the the Taliban is capable of, um, uh, so you know, har- heartfelt uh, respect to, to what you're going through, and and we we understand that. Um, a lot of us have spent time in Afghanistan. The general mentioned that um, everything that you're seeing in the last 48 72 hours is personal for. Everybody here at the Pentagon.
1: We feel uh, it as much we, as you. We,
6: too, have invested greatly in, in Afghanistan and in the progress that women and girls uh, p- have made politically, economically, <laughs> socially. Uh, and, and we certainly uh, do understand and we do feel uh, the pain that, that you're feeling, probably not to the same uh, extent. No, you don't uh, think so? We, uh, we're focused right now on making sure the, that, uh, that we do the best we can for those Afghans who helped us.
3: Well, there you go. That is where we are. So we'll see. Everything's changing every few moments. I have audio with the MSNBC sat down with one of the Taliban, and he said, we're not going to kill everybody. No, we want the Americans to stay, and we want the Taliban to stay, and nobody's going to be enslaved. We're not going to rape and murder anybody. No, not at all. So you can take that for uh, what it's worth. He's still on Twitter, by the
1: way, too, um, unlike President Trump. But you can find us on Twitter for the moment. We're at Burn Barrel Pod. He's Tom Shattuck. I'm Alice Shattuck. We are also at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. And we're Burn Barrel Podcast on Gab and Parlor. You can find our channel, Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel, on YouTube for the moment anyway. We're in trouble with them for our comments on masks or you can email us burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com.
2: Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership.